Get out of here. Way back. He looks up. There's the cycle. You can't put it on the board. Yes. A single, double, triple, and home run in one game. He is hit for the cycle. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Cycle. Here we are. Jim Flanagan is joining me. I'm your host, Pat McGann. We're back. We're excited. We just had a couple of great conversations. One with Kwan Short of the Carolina Panthers. Pro bowler. Just went to the Super Bowl. Second team all pro. Nice yeah. guy. Really good dude. And Steve Dahl of Radio Fame. Here Absolute in legendary. Yeah. And just his he's got a really unique connection to the White Sox and it's pretty cool. He's yeah, and he's been in Chicago and and we mentioned this in the conversation. Been here since 1978 and he is just that guy who yeah. is who is as Chicago as it gets. He's been a voice of the city. Um he's been an entertainer as he's mentioned sure. on Facebook entertainer. <laughs> Facebook, yes, page. <laughs> no, he's been an entertaining, thoughtful, funny dude and just um Really changed the radio landscape here in Chicago. Completely agree. And I think he paved the way for a lot of the guys who came after him, such as, you know, the Kevin Matthews, Johnny B's the world, things like that. So Yeah, definitely. It was great to get a chance to talk to him. Yeah, it was fun. Anyway, uh, we'll be, by the time you're hearing this, in the second half of the season, I know the White Sox will start uh, in L.A. with the Angels, and then they will be in Seattle for a three-game set, then back home playing Detroit. Four games here in Detroit. I think I'll be at a couple of those. Absolutely. So four Detroit at home. And then two home against the Cubs, and then they go to Wrigley for two. Yeah, got some stuff going on in that homestand. When they uh, the first homestand after the break, they're going to have a Christmas in July. Woo! Which July is 22nd. a blast. Absolutely. Bring the kids to that. Yeah. Confuse them. <laughs> you know, let them see Santa Claus <laughs> in July. <laughs> I think uh, Brad, our esteemed producer, also. What was your uh, What was your highlight of uh, Christmas in July? You know, for me, it's it's that. They get one day of work as as Santas. You know, it's, it's, it's a really you know. It's a slow season for mall Santas. Season, yeah. yeah. So to give them a day of work, it's it's got to be pretty sweet. Absolutely. You know, their phones are ringing these mall Santas. Yeah, that they're, To bring out and the, and they're like, I shaved. <laughs> I'm not ready. That's right. <laughs> but this is probably their second busiest month. I mean, July after. I mean, that's not a yeah, not a long too. season. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be fun. And then they're doing, um, they have the jersey right here in front of it's us. pretty sweet. The 1976 jersey they're going to give away on July 23rd. They're not giving it away on Christmas in July. No, no. This would we be a great that. Christmas what present. Is, Christmas in July is what, fireworks? Is that? Yeah, there's fireworks. There's a bunch of photo ops. There's a bunch of in-game okay. stuff. So come on down. It's going to be fun. Awesome. That old tradition of fireworks on Christmas that we all do. I love Christmas-themed fireworks. Me too. Get out there. All families do every December. Get your hot cocoa, grab your beach chairs, head out to the front lawn and watch some fireworks. It's going to blow up a bunch of Yule logs. <laughs> There's going to be like stockings flying in there. Just going to be great. Flamed up. Um, this jersey is cool. 1976 jersey. Nice and uh, it's got the Xfinity Yep. You know, I don't like when the corporate logo is very prominent. This is pretty subtle. It is. It's very subtle, it's and right it's there on the sleeve. Like it's like Xfinity died. <laughs> it's right. It's like a memorial <laughs> patch, like they use in the games. Yeah, they're just it's just on the side there, yeah. and it's collared. I like it. It's collared. It's the old school feel. I mean, it's a it's a really cool jersey. It's July twenty third. They're going to be giving those away to how many people, Brad? It's the first ten thousand. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. And it's like I said, it's a collared shirt, and I just I can already picture the the Southsiders being <laughs> popping their collars. Hey, it's a collared shirt. I can come in to the <laughs> <Right>? country club. <laughs> this is I'm dressed up. The first twenty thousand people. First twenty thousand people. Thank you, Brad. First twenty thousand are gonna sweet. get this sweet jersey. Yeah, it's nice. Wearing that to Ridge. 
Yeah. Can you, uh, you think you got to wear a shirt underneath that? Is that going to? I think you might. I think you might want to. Yeah. It's a different material. I don't know. It's, How do these uh, guys do it in 76? I don't get it. Right. So that's going to be on July 23rd. Definitely. And if you're not coming to these games, we understand. We're going to give you an opportunity to get something anyway. If you review or tweet, retweet the podcast, let's say retweet. you got to retweet the podcast or review us on iTunes. We're going to put you in the running for an autographed baseball. Melky Cabrera. The milkman himself having a great year. Yeah. He signed a ball, and we're going to – we're going to give it away. We're going to give you until August 1st to do that. Uh, all you need to do is review us on iTunes or retweet when they uh, post the show on the White Sox Twitter account. And um, we'll put you in the running for that. Uh, we have gotten a couple reviews lately. Uh, we would we always appreciate the reviews and the uh, retweets. Interact with us. Send us an email at thecycle at shysocks.com. And again, uh, to show our appreciation, we're going to give away that autograph ball by Melky Cabrera. All right? I think we're good to go. All right. Enjoy this episode. Thanks so much. All right. Joining us on The Cycle now, how about this pro bowler, K1 Short. From the Carolina Panthers. Thanks for being here, Kwan. Thank you, man. Appreciate you guys for having me. Yeah, you're here today to uh, you're throwing out a first pitch. First pitch. Stepping outside of the, your sport into another. Do you, you have a, a history of playing baseball? <laughs> no, but uh, I always do something. Was it apples, <laughs> rocks? <laughs> Got a little accuracy. You should do that today. Just throw a rock. See what happens. Throw an apple. Pretty sure it's clean around here, so they won't <laughs> have no rocks for me to throw. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> do you practice before doing a first pitch? I didn't. No. You just people one, told me one take. To. Just got to. I mess up. Hopefully nobody talks about me. There's worse. I mean, we talked a lot of people throwing out first pitches. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I saw you look a couple at the, guys, the like 50, 50 Cent one. Oh, it's Snoop Dogg. Yeah, Snoop Dogg's terrible. I, yeah, I, you're going to be fine. I have to be. The bar is pretty low. You're good to go. <laughs> are you going to go on the mound or are you going to go short of the mound? you going to get up there on the road? Whatever rubber? they ask me to do, if they tell me to go. I think it's your mound. choice. Like, you it's can my go, choice. You can throw it from the front of the mound or you can get up there on the hill. I'm going to go on the mound. Yeah, right? I'm trying to get signed. <laughs> yeah, one contract's not enough for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you did you did play hoops though in in high school, right? I so did. You, yeah. I did. Um, excuse me. Uh, from East Chicago. Yep. I was a center. East Chicago uh, won a state championship, two thousand seven. Yeah, you played with uh, Etwan Moore. Etwan right? Moore. Yep. Who just left the Bulls? Yeah. Uh, he now he's with nice New Orleans. Contract, uh, he's got a nice contract. I mean, his his work acting is tremendously hard. So he, I can see where it pays off at. Yeah. Are you guys still in touch? Do you guys yeah, talk about it? Yeah, every other day we talk. Uh, he great. actually showed up at the camp yesterday. Really? Said a few words, yeah. Yeah, so that was really cool. You're in town. You did a free camp for kids in your in your hometown, and you had a bunch of – how many kids showed up? Almost 300. That's outstanding. That's yeah, first time. You know, it was a little, uh, a little nervous of, you know, the show because, you know, Indiana's more of a basketball state and you get the kids out there with football, but the, those kids was just, you know, the energy was out there was outstanding. And you Paid had attention. some big names there with you, right? Yeah, had a had a good handful. Yeah, I had a, you know, uh, Ricardo Allen, Josh Norman. Wow. Uh, Ricardo was with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Josh Norman was with the Redskins. Yeah. Starla Tulele with Carolina. Kevin Panfell was with uh, Tampa. Then you got Kamardi McFadden was with Tampa as well. Um yeah, so we had a we had a good good amount, and then the guys that I played with at Purdue as well I had about 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 twelve coaches. Then a team, Akeem Hunt, who plays with the Texans, so 
How hard is it to convince guys during their offseason, during their time <laughs> off, to come out to East Chicago, Indiana, and, and do a football camp? Oh, it's very hard because, first <laughs> off, you gotta, you know, you got to act some months in advance. And, yeah. and these guys have busy schedules. So, you know, things come up sporadically out the, you know, out the life and, you know, the offseason. So, you know, some of these guys just, you know, took time out and told me they'd come, you know, kept their word and, and showed up. That's yeah, great. That's, that speaks to you as a person. They must love you. And uh, I know you had just coming off a great year. You guys went to the Super Bowl. And um, you guys would be right back in the thick of it next year. <laughs> saw, check your schedule. You're not playing the Bears. You, know, you had 11 <laughs> sacks last year. If you played the Bears, you probably would have had maybe close to 20. Oh, man. Uh, have you taken down Cutler? I'll take him down, yeah. Uh, we don't, That's I a very exclusive them. group, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, two years ago, my – uh, was it rookie or sophomore year? Twenty fourteen, I think it was the first sack of the year. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a crazy one towards the end of the game. Yeah, looking back, man, you're like a steal in that draft. You kind of, you know, they think the Bears had a pick way before you were selected. What, forty forty fourth? Second and round. now you are a pro bowler, and you are like you're coming up on. A lot of people think you should be getting an extension soon, and. I'm sure the business side of it is a little tricky, but <laughs> very. But uh, yeah, um, you know, I was projected first first round towards the end. A lot of teams passed up on me. You know, that gives you motivation. Gave right? me motivation. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's been happening all my life, though. You know, as far yeah. as the colleges that I want to attend, and so you know, I, I just take that and strive that and put that in the motivation bucket and and keep going. Yeah. You have a coach who uh pretty synonymous with Chicago football. I mean, Ron Rivera's been huge around here and and, and preaches defense. And the, how has he helped you grow as a player? It's it's interesting. He was the 44th pick as well. So <laughs> we kind of we kind of have a lot of things, you know, similarities and stuff like that. And and we just talk, you know, individual basis of, you know, what he wanted to see out of me, the potential that he saw and you know, and he was happy to have me and and just the whole the way he approaches the organization at Carolina is, is top notch and you can see why he's one of the top coaches, if not one of the best coaches in the NFL right now. Yeah, and he's beloved in Chicago, as Jim said, because of the uh the eighty five Bears, which no one really ever talks about around here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean well, every, everywhere but not in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, right? It's unbelievable it really how is. much we're living in the past, man. <laughs> unbelievable. It's great though. But he had, he himself probably had a chip on his shoulder because they let him go here. He was with the Bears yeah. and Probably in line to get a head coaching job, and uh, yeah, he's been, so we're we're pulling for you guys. How, what was it like Appreciate last year? It was a magical year. Oh man, last year uh, it was like you know walking on cloud nine from the beginning to the end. Uh, you, you had your ups and downs, and you know in games, and you know the first half of the season wasn't going the way I planned. I was having production, but the stats wasn't showing up as well. So the second towards the second half. That's when everything clicked and slowed down, and you just saw, you know, it was a big leap from where I started at the beginning of the season to where I am now, and, and you know, just the journey that we had as a team. Um, one of the biggest reasons that we had to success was everybody knew their role. Everybody yeah. had a specific role, and everybody played it. So it wasn't that guy that was trying to make a thousand tackles or be in the right spot. So you know, you saw that, and you saw these guys, and, and the, the energy in the locker room was fanatic. And how hard is it though to keep getting better throughout a season like that? Because it's such a grueling sport, and just you guys are getting beat up. Like, how how good do you feel by like week five as as opposed to week one? Gosh, um, like that week, that second week is is probably the worst week because you, know, you you're coming off a fresh week. You know, you go depending on who you play. You know, you got Steelers who's straight down here, hard nosed guys. Um, and then, but you know, that second week is that's when the fatigue for the body kicks in, and yeah. you feel it. You know, you got these aches that you never ache. Oh, why is the inside of my foot hurting like this? And you know, it's just one of those and. But you know it's a grind from 16 to 17 weeks and, you know, potentially playoffs and championship contender. 
What do you do to recover? Cold tub, cold tub, hot tub. Um, you know, it's my worst enemy, but I, you know, I do them every day. Oh, this got to be tough, man. It's it got to be tough. Fill it up of ice, and how long are you in there? I contrast um, about 10 times. I've been there in like five minutes each. Man, I couldn't even do that. Screw the drill. Yeah, don't know. Just do a recovery. Yeah, I'm it's good. It's tough, man, but, you know, you, <laughs> it, it pays off, and you feel it the next day. Like, you feel refreshed. You feel rejuvenized, and and it kills your mind too as well and playing there in carolina has got to be brutal too though like the heat like you got that first two months has got to be like god yeah uh last year was when we played the texans i think in it was houston like, or in, in carolina in carolina yeah. it was like 110 mm. and then on top of the pads it was like 115 117 it was, it was tough it was brutal it was, yeah you got the when you're out there on with the, with the cleats your feet start burning you gotta take unnecessary yeah. timeouts <laughs> just to cool them off, and then you know you, you got these fans that's blowing out this miss on the sideline, but that's not helping, man. No, yeah, that's not and helping. Then you already by the third quarter, you already catching cramps and stuff, so it's it's tough. What's it like in the trenches? Is there a lot of trash talk throughout the game? <sighs> if we do trash talk, it's more like the running backs and the quarterbacks who who just think they're tough and <laughs> can can run through anybody. Yeah, like. Like one of those guys back there, Hunt. He's a running back, and oh, you know man. those guys right there, man. They, they attitude is a whole new he's level. He's on his man. phone right now. He's, he's tweeting. Yeah, trash. yeah, right. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's but, talking trash right now. Yeah. I think more like the inside guys, offensive line, defensive line, don't really trash talk like that unless we have to, unless we like been picked on. Are you? What do you do after a sack? Are you a sack dance guy? Playoffs. Uh, I don't. I don't dance during the regular season, but the playoffs is you know it's a whole nother level. So you got like to that. turn the swag up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But come on, you sack somebody regular season, and you're on top of them. You don't say anything. No. Come on. No. I want you to say something next time you sack someone. Get in their ear and just be like, like I was on the cycle. <laughs> <laughs> Download it. We want subscribe. <laughs> Get Pokemon on iTunes. Live or something like that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. You gotta no, do but it. you know, I, uh, but that's just me though. You know, we all have our different ways of how we approach the game, and during the playoffs, you know, you, you got to be out your mind. You got to be a whole different character. So you know, the dancing, and the yelling, and the hollering, yeah. all of it comes out. Do you have a guy that you kind of model your game after? Like, who were the guys you looked up to when you? Um, Warren Sapp was was the guy. Warren Sapp, yeah. Warren Sapp was the guy, and then now I just saw his uh, football life. You ever watched those? I haven't. Seen I, haven't I haven't. It's pretty good. It's good. Warren Sapp, and then Joe McCoy is the guy who's I really been you know trying to chase my perfection behind. Yeah. Yeah. Did you were you a big Chicago fan growing up? I was. Tank Johnson was my. He was. Mm. He was. He oh, was yeah. good. He was yeah, good. Right. But I think Warren Sapp just <laughs> just the way the you best. see him in practice and you see him him and Albert Hainsworth. Those two guys just had a different attitude about the game. Sure. What's Tank up to now? You talk to him? I don't. No. He followed me on Twitter though. Did he yeah. really? He did. Shout out to you Tank. Better follow him back. <laughs> I got <did>. guns. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> Actually, he just, just laying around his house. all over the place. <laughs> he spoke to us at the rookie symposium, uh, my my rookie year. So. Oh yeah. yeah about, really? about the guns and stuff, and that's when the whole, you know, the guns and having them in your car and bringing them to facilities and stuff. That's when it took off, and yeah. he was one of the guys, one of the advocates to talk about it. The NFL, the popularity is just off the charts right now. Yeah. It's insane. Do you guys have a lot of um, people coming at you and like this team? Is that part of the focus? Has got to be like how you handle yourself. What interviews you like? I can't believe you agreed to do this one, but like one, <laughs> what interviews you end up doing? Which ones you don't? Like, are they pretty protective of the image? Oh uh, yeah, um, that's why you got the communication team down there. The media team is, it was unbelievable with Steve Drummond. He's got to just took over this year, but you know when the story hits and if you're in it. 
you know, he he hit you up before you go to practice or or work the next day, and be like, you want to talk? If not, it's totally fine. So, you know, that was the whole thing. And those guys is real strict about what you say, and you know, they right there, you know, protecting your 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 needs and your projection of how you talk to the media. Yeah, I imagine it's got to be like the hardest thing to adjust to. Like, it, all of a sudden, it really becomes a business. Yeah, yeah. Um, for instance, when I set out those two weeks of uh, um, OTAs, I came back and Steve was just like. I don't even I don't want you to talk. You know, I was like, cool, cool. And they kept asking you every day, every day. So it gets tedious of, you know, you keep having the, the same reporter, not, you know, all of them, just the same right. reporter, just just keep beating and keep beating. Like, when are you going to talk? And it was like, it's yeah, not even relevant right now. Yeah. yeah. So so those guys, I mean, they, they cut them off for you. If you need to talk, talk. But, you know, those guys, is, you know, they, they address it. Yeah. But now your buddy, each one's got that big contract. He's probably talking to you, and you're like, well, <laughs> Big Stay time. tuned, man. <laughs> no, he is guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true, right. true. So whatever I get, you might have to split half into it. But you know, he getting all that. So that's right, no, that's but respect to him. You are. I mean, you had a ma- obviously magical season, Pro Bowl uh, in your third year, uh, uh, second team All Pro, which I think is even bigger than Pro Bowl. I mean, that's that's a huge honor, um, as well as a team that started what twelve and zero and made it all the way to Super Bowl fifty. I mean. Getting to that pinnacle, what does that do for you? Does that just push you that much harder to come back and do it again this year? Definitely. Now we got a chip on our shoulder. I mean, yeah. we was this team that's chasing, you know, Seattle and, you know, Tom Brady and all those guys. But now we're starting to make a, a, a big, huge jump for ourselves as far as in Carolina. And you, you see the way how we approach and, and the way the guys carry themselves over there. It's just like, you know, everybody's humble. Everybody's first class. And, you know, we're still trying to strive to be great. So uh, with, with that attitude, um, we can go. We can go far and hopefully we can win a couple – where do you guys camp? July 27th in Wofford, Carolina. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's got to be brutal there, too. Terrible. You watch Hard Knocks? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Is that pretty good representation of what's going on there? That's the actual truth. Yeah? yeah. Did you get haze? Or do you have to do, like, uh, no, a we, they, don't do, they don't do hazing in uh, Carolina, but they just make you pay for lunch, breakfast, <laughs> dinner. Oh, yeah? Just whatever, yeah. Even Cam? Well, your position group. So oh, okay. Charles Johnson just <laughs> ordered this massive – State from Del Frisco's. Yeah. You got to pay for it. And last year you played with a guy who's really loved here in this town, Peanut. Yeah. Peanut yeah. Tillman. And uh, I'm sure he's been – was a, quite a leader. I know he didn't get to play in the big game. That guy, man, that guy's unbelievable. Him and Jared Allen, those two came in with the right mindset of, you know, how to how to be a pro. And you saw everybody just mimicking, mocking their game. You know, Peanut got the Peanut Punch. Yeah. You saw everybody on the team trying to be the peanut punch. So <laughs> it was, you know, we just made it to a challenge and you saw it and everybody run with it. Not even got it on Matt and called it the peanut punch. So oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's great. It's, it's a big. And then Jared Allen, man, he's he's one of those guys who's done it. We'll be a Hall of Famer. And, yeah. you know, you just, it was just one of the guys you just sit down and you, you pick his brain about everything about football. Yeah. His retirement video was one of the coolest <laughs> things. I mean, would you watch that and just be like, that's just Jared? That's just who he is? Oh, yeah. Is he's that, that guy. I thought he was going to be a bull, though, to be honest. I thought <laughs> yeah. he was going to be a bull. He said, oh, there's no sun, but I'm going to ride off in the set. So he just took <laughs> off in the sun and a horse. It was awesome. It was great. Yeah. So you big, were you a White Sox fan growing up? I was. And then um, I just didn't watch baseball. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm starting to get more into it now. See a lot of you know, players, everybody talking about it. So it's kind of like golf, how everybody start playing golf. And you want to be in the mix. You want to be in the conversation. So you start watching it. You play golf now? Trying to. Yeah. <laughs> Learning? I always say I play. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. To. Well, your free time's got to be pretty precious because the season is so long. Well, now you get – you work out probably for three hours a day, and then you got the rest of the day to just chill or go golf. But depending on what type of workout day you have, then you go swing the golf clubs a little bit. Yeah. And you got family? Yeah. 
Yeah, this is all my family. Yeah, my nieces, my sister, sister husband. That's awesome, man. They must be so proud of you and uh, my godmother. Yeah, you got a big year ahead of you, and uh, NFC. Like, I think that's what why we gravitate towards a team like that, being in the NFC and the way you guys play and the you know the Chicago connection mm. and uh, you know just playing like Smash Mouth, like hardcore, and you being a lineman. Like, there's not a lot of guys at your position that are bringing down more than ten sacks a year. And you got to do tackle, yeah. Yeah. You got to, uh, I mean, being a pro bowler, you went out to Hawaii. I did You didn't go. go? Played in the Super Bowl. That's right. Oh, yeah, they switched it, right? I mean, it's the best reason not to go to Hawaii. The best reason. You can still go. (laughs) Down the road. Down the road. Down the road. When you want. Yeah. 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 I hope for that reason you don't get to Hawaii for a long time. Ever. I hope that way. <laughs> You're always booked that week. Always you booked. What is that like? I mean, because you get that extra week off between uh, the conference championship and the Super Bowl. And I've heard from a lot of people that it's a grueling two weeks. I mean, uh, there's so much going on. What's that like? Uh, it's you know, the waiting process. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the draft. You want to see who you who yeah. you want to go to. And next thing you know, it's day number two now. So yeah. it's, it's one of those ones that you just – have to you know be patient and and still work and and take it serious because you know you don't have a game that Sunday but you know you're still working now you're working towards that big trophy right well I really appreciate you taking the time to to talk to us uh and welcome back home what what do you like to do when you're back in Chicago or what's like on your hit list (laughs) food yeah food that I don't have in Carolina like um Zales White Castles Hale's Chicken White Castles Professional athlete. I know, man. I know. He's like, give me that, give me that White Castle. <laughs> I got to. But those just, I mean, just chill with my family pretty much because uh, I'm always in for a couple of days and then I'm right back out. So Yeah. Well, enjoy your time here. Thank and, you. Uh, again, thanks for, for being with us. I want to plug your Twitter. You're on Twitter. You're at, uh, at KK underscore MR93, Mr. 93. Yes, sir. Are you big, a uh, big social media guy? A little bit. I try to be. I try to interact with the fans and stuff. So it's pretty big in Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. yeah, I'm not on Instagram. I gotta get on. You gotta there. get on Instagram. It's the future. You probably got a lot of followers. You could literally have a bunch of followers. Yeah, really. <laughs> in real life, I already got about forty something thousand followers. That's nothing compared to you know guys that's out there. So yeah. yeah. Well, listen, we're uh, excited about. I mean, you're really just at the start of this career, and it's uh, off to a phenomenal start. And you got a lot of great things ahead of you. And, and I uh, really appreciate you being here. Thank you, man. Good luck with that it. camp. I mean, you probably turn that into an annual thing, maybe. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, next, we're going to try to turn into a whole weekend, not just one day. Great. So it's going to, you know, thinking about family day, family and friends day, um, and, you know, different things that we just throw out there for the kids. Yeah. So any uh, preseason predictions? Preseason. Four or no. <laughs> I meant before the season. <laughs> for yeah. the regular season. <laughs> Me and our listeners are really in the preseason football. We do a lot of gambling. I want to know pre-season. how you're going to do in August. Y'all do a lot of gambling. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I don't no. think I'm supposed to be in this I'm conversation. I'm kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> no, yeah, but right. um, we feel pretty good. Yo, we got we got a key guy coming back. Um, Kelvin Benjamin, uh, one of the guys that you know went down for us last year with the ACL, but he's coming back and tremendously good. And Luke had surgery. He come back from the surgery. Everybody's clear right now, so we're going to camp with everybody's 100% healthy, and hopefully we can continue to push what we're trying to do. And the goal has just got to be, the goal is to win it all, because Definitely. anything less, you did that last Two year, you winner. got there, man. Right. Now you go back. Where's it at this year? Where's Super Bowl? Houston. Football? Houston? Yeah. Go there, man. It's on the map. Go get it. It's on the map. It's on the map. You have your plane tickets? Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. That could be a home game for the Texans, if they make it. If. 
<laughs> there he is. <laughs> he got quiet all of a sudden. That was his personal <laughs> shout-out right there. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, K1. Awesome. K1 Short, thanks so much for being thanks, with us. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. All right, if you do not recognize this voice, uh, don't even listen to our podcast. Chicago legend. <laughs> this is Come a on, man. true to the Chicago legend, national legend. Steve Dahl is with us on the cycle. Steve, thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we were uh, talking just beforehand, and I know you're not throwing out a first pitch today. No. They got a couple guys doing that. They got you got they got the little kid, the little kid, right? <laughs> Who I love. Huge. You're like, we got to have that guy on. It's like, yeah, you should, Steve. Yeah. Don't invite us. He's doing every other right. show. You guys should right. be on too. Just take our guests. That was, that's that was what we were giving us. him crap about. It's like, dude, you've done everything that we want to do. He's in the last month, Fallon. He's throwing out the first pitch. Yeah. That kid is. Uh, yeah, he'd be perfect for you. For yeah, I, I came in. I said, I got to get that guy's number. I should have him on, right? And and uh, you go, yeah, he's been on Fallon like Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> Way to book guests. Be okay for your show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. But I was. I, yeah, you guys should be on too. No, he's. I'm uh, a fan of the podcast. Oh, thank come you. On. Thanks, man. No, I am. I really am. Yeah, oh, means a lot. Steve. Thank you. Yeah, he's. Um, he does a lot of politicians. That guy. So maybe he'll be on. Uh, maybe he'll and be by on. That, you he'll mean be he on your. Yeah, yeah, impersonation. Yeah. Maybe he'll be. He'll be on your lead-in. He'll be on Rush's show, <laughs> which is the most ridiculous thing <laughs> that Rush is your lead-in. I know. It's like uh, starting over every day at 2. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I am uh, debuting on, on Monday, the whatever Monday is, the 11th, a toilet flush. I'm oh, are you come ready? on with a toilet flush, <laughs> and then at the end of my show, I'm going to have the bowl filling up for the next guy. It is so funny everything. because now it's like with the switch, with the White Sox on WLS, you know, you go, you pull in your uh, driveway at night, and you have the. It's either the game or the post game show, and then you get back in the car the next day, and you're like, people yelling is, at you. What is it? Yeah, it's it really, really weird. Don't be misled <laughs> by the Democrat. He is not American. Yeah. He's not from here. I know, like, man. McKnight's angry today, you know. Yeah. And then I realized yeah, right. well, that's not when Connor. I, okay. When I get off the elevator at work, it's on in the hallway, and it's like, oh man. And then I go in my office, and it's I don't have it on in there. And then every time I got to go take a whiz or something, yeah. it's on in the back. Bathroom. Like, <laughs> but you don't flush it. Well, you wait no, until the show starts. <laughs> I, t- I get, I get in and I get out. I'll yeah. tell you that much. But that's gonna that's got to be changing. I feel like it's gonna it's going in a different direction. I think we're becoming more of a just a, more of a mainstream yeah. heritage type station like GN. Cool. Right, and that that would be great. Yeah, because it's like otherwise, man. It's uh, you know, it's it's hard to get ratings and stuff when you're sandwiched in between. You know, sure. Le- Left wing. Is that left or right? Right, right wing. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, right wing lunacy. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, just God. different. Yeah, I don't even see because I'm right in the middle. I right. don't even know which wing it is. Right. That's. Yeah. Fair. And that's the thing. I think that's what, at some point, people have, have are playing to the smallest audiences. Like everyone feels like if they get their own niche. Yeah. But that's never, that was never you. You were as big as it could get. And you started in Chicago in, in what year? 1978. 1978. You came from Detroit. Detroit, yeah. 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 And at that time, you were you were a young guy, right? I was uh, 20. Uh, I, I was 24 when yeah, I was 23. I guess when I got here, because I was 24 when I did disco demolition. So. And the numbers you were pulling were off the charts because now it's like a successful radio show is doing what what share like a, a two uh, or two or yeah you, know, th- you know two three ish. And you were hitting like seven, eight, yeah, nine, nine. <laughs> But there was there was no internet, right. there there was there was no YouTube. Uh, there were really like 
two FM rock stations in town, The Loop and WMET, and everybody listened to The Loop. So. Yeah. Sure. You know, it's always I always hesitate to like go down this road when you talk about the past and like how things are now. Like you don't want to sound old or sound like, you know, ticked off by the way things are evolving. Mm-hmm. But almost it was almost better than when people had like some common things to talk about. Yeah. Now like shows, you know, anything, TV, radio, movies, not everyone's on the same page. I mean, there's good and bad in that. But just for conversation's sake, yeah. it's not, it's not well, like everyone, did you see that show last night? And then everyone, you know? Well, and then on social media, everybody gets to voice their opinion, and it's available to the entire universe. And then the news will pick up on that, and they'll take some person's opinion who's not really even qualified to have an opinion yeah. and play that up, you know, as the oppositional opinion to a fact or whatever. And, it, yeah, it, uh, di- there's, there's not a ton of... Uh, dialogue there's not a ton of listening going on these days i yeah. don't think right so. it's a lot of just listening to people who have the same thought process as you too right. there's not a whole lot of coming together in that right regard. if i if uh, if you and i if i like something and you don't like it then you don't like me right that's how yeah. they do it that's how it is these days and it's possible for us to not like the same things and still like each other and still talk and communicate and absolutely that's think. not how i was raised no. <laughs> Get course. Steve out of here. Uh, I disagree with that sentence. No, but really. All right. So it, it's going to be impossible for the amount of time we have to go through your career. But let's just go to, to Chicago, late 70s. You come here. Um, first, we'll just talk about the White Sox. At that okay. time, they had Bill Vack, and it was a, um, you know, they were a decent team. And, but you never dove way into sports, but you did have some funny stuff to say about the sports teams in, in, in the city. Well, I came here in 78. I was, I was on WDAI, and uh, I grew up in L.A., so I was a Dodgers fan. And so I was a Tigers fan in Detroit just because, you know, yeah. I don't have a ton of options. Right, right. But when I came here, I thought, I'm going to go Cubs, you know, National League. And, and uh, I, I went to a couple of Cubs games and uh, did uh, – uh, you know, a couple of broadcasts there. And as uh, I became more oppositional with WGN, like Gary Meyer and I would be on Murphy's rooftop doing a show in the afternoon, and they, the Tribune company would turn off all of the scoreboards, like the scoreboard down the third baseline at Wrigley Field, so we couldn't see the score. Like that really, like we didn't care <laughs> right. what the score was. Yeah, whatever. right, right. So uh, WGN kind of pushed me towards uh, being a Sox fan, really, yeah. just because yeah. I was not welcome at Wrigley Field. And and for people that don't know, at that time, like, was that Wally Phillips? Wally Phillips. And uh, and you would need all those guys as being, yeah. you know, because you, you were the hip show. You were the, like, the, the generation that was kind of moving in, when taking over. Here, he had a 50 share in the morning. <laughs> wow. And that, so that meant to me that parents and their kids were listening. Right. So, like, you're listening in the car with your parents on your way to school or whatever. So I started making fun of him, mm-hmm. uh, you know. What were your go-tos? Well, um, his toupee, (laughs) and for sure, he just, everything was for sure. In my world, we are living in a wonderful society. It was just, it was pretty lame to get a 50 share. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah. There was just no other options. And, uh, but what happened, the best thing that ever happened to me was it, it ticked him off and he started talking about me. (laughs) Which, like, never punch down, bro. Right, right. And so he started talking about me, and all the kids with their parents were like, who is this guy that's making Wally so mad? And then they started to tune in, and that's, kinda, that's really what kind of got things started for me. 
And was that the um, – not that it was the game plan, but that was – did you see it? Like, did you have – That was a game plan, That actually. Was. Yeah, I didn't think he would bite. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> and he did. He bit hard. And, and I, you know, but, but happy ending. I went to his final broadcast on WGN, and, you know, he understood it was just business. And it's like yeah. the mafia. Radio's like the mafia. It's just business. <laughs> I feel that way, though, about yeah. Chicago, though. Like, Chicago is – everyone seems to, for the most part, play nice. And it, I think it's because – Everyone knows each other here. Yeah, and you're going to so, run into the same people over and over again. So you kind of have to. Do you think that that's a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's okay. You know, um, I mean, it's worked for me. You know, yeah. uh, the people that I know still from back in the day. You know, uh, it's kind of nice to know them all now. You know, and to have that history and you know, every once in a while. I mean, I, I think you can. You, uh, it's okay to. You know, uh, I don't. You, you got. To be mad at somebody or to, you know, you have a swear falling out, yeah, to yeah. be pissed off. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you try not to burn the bridge. I'm sure it's that way in your business, too. Sure. You know, you can't because right. there's only so many venues and there's only so many people who book acts. And, you you know, you can be pissed one night, but you can't. Yeah. I'm never going to work for you again or whatever. You can't do it. Did you have a lot of comics on your show like at that time? Because that was like the now you're going into the 80s, like the boom. Comedy yeah, Leno, boom. We used to have Leno on a lot. Richard yeah. Lewis. Uh, Albert Brooks. Oh yeah, Chicago guys too, right? You'd have some Chicago guys. Uh, yeah, um, I don't. I'm, well, I Jeff don't, Garland can kind of. Well, Jeff Garland comes yeah, yeah. on for sure. Um, we had Belushi on. Yeah. Uh, 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 John Belushi and Jim, the funniest living Belushi. <laughs> Although I th- actually I think his son is funnier. Son, yeah. So. Oh, is yeah. right? So the second funniest living <laughs> Not Belushi. Second. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. He doesn't like it when I say that. Yeah. Yeah. But he can't come up with anything clever <laughs> no. to respond. He with. just calls up and he, and he calls up and starts swearing at me. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah. You not only, I mean, obviously radio legend, but you've also kind of embraced the change of the media. Um, mm-hmm. You have a podcast network. I it do. started off as just you doing a weekly podcast. And now it's kind of, it's grown and, and some great names as part of that. Yeah. What led to that for you? Uh, well, um, when they changed the way that they uh, take radio ratings, they went from a diary keeping system, which kind of favored a person who might have like, if, if a, a really big fan of yours got a diary, they would just put, Hey, I listen to Steve from on WLS from two to six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just fill that in. You'd get credit for all that. Now they do it with people meters, these digital, uh, they, they read the, and there's an encoded signal in the broadcast. So it really only counts the time that people listen. Really? So, uh, and it's, it, when it first hit the market, uh, I went from first place in the mornings on uh, on Jack FM to 29th in one month. So it was a complete readjustment yeah. of how things were sold and, and what, what people perceived. So, and the people that did, like, executives come up with that to... They, yeah, they came up with it, and they they told me that it would benefit people who talked, and it was just the opposite. It benefited people that played really familiar music. Sure. So um, they basically terminated all of the contracts of all of the most of the premier radio talent in the country. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, you and, know, and, and I, I was, and maybe that's why they did. I don't know, but mm-hmm. uh, so I started a podcast because I had two and a half years. Um, well, I was getting paid, but I wasn't on the air. But I was able to podcast. So that's how I started. But, and, I, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier about like when things used to be, like you and Gary, 
mm-hmm. Stephen Gary, Johnny B, Kevin Matthews. Mm-hmm. Like that's like the glory days of talk fun. radio. Yeah. And even like, you know, even GCI had great shows. Like everyone had, you know, talk morning mm-hmm. radio. Right. And now it's like, is it the numbers or is it like you, people don't know what they People, I, I'm convinced people don't know what they want, know what they like. Yeah. And well, if you don't, if you just feed them the same stuff, because I just remember like driving to, you know, I had a commute in in high school, summer gigs. I drove downtown with my dad and we listened to you. We listened to Johnny B. We had like, those are moments and, and it was Chicago and it was right. not national and it wasn't just vague music, you know, top 40. And I just think that that's missing now. I think it's coming back. I really do. Um, I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, there are, I'm not sure they exactly know how to do it, and there's not um, there's not a, a wealth of there's not a deep bench in terms of talent. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know there are people you know such as yourselves doing good podcasts, and, and I think you know it could be that could be converted to radio. But the only way radio is going to survive is to have good local content that services the community because yeah. you don't need it for music, right? right. You know, you can listen to Spotify or iTunes sure. or, you know, whatever. So, What are some of the most memorable shows on air or, like, things that you did on air that you, you look back now and you're like, God, that was a blast? Uh, you know, I honestly, because I do so many, I mean, I do it, you know, I got to go do it tomorrow. Yeah. I got to do a podcast so and a radio show. But, a lot of them. Um, I was, uh, one of the shows I'm most proud of is, my 9-11 show because I came downtown they they told us not to come downtown to do the show and I thought you know I'm a broadcaster this is a day you should be on mm-hmm. you know yeah. so I th- that was a that's a show I'm proud of yeah uh other highlights or low lights depending on how you look at it I got a vasectomy on the air <laughs> um, what, what year is that uh, uh in the 80s yeah yeah I had to get one because we had three boys. And yeah, yeah. I mean, if I just walked by my wife, she got pregnant. <laughs> but I was afraid to get one because, you know, as a guy, you think it's going to do something yeah. to your virility or yeah. whatever. Uh, Does it? No. Okay, good. No, it actually, <laughs> it actually. I, I recommend it for single guys. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah right. <laughs> really, you can get it reverse now. Guy, yeah. 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 Is uh, the doctor, uh, was it hard to convince the doctor to? Not too hard, no. Yeah. It was harder to convince the radio station. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. But then I went, we did it from his office, and I, I guess I figured nothing would go wrong if it was on the air. Yeah. yeah. Or if it did, at least, that you know, I'd get something out of it. So <laughs> Benefits. I'd just, be, just not be maimed in private. <laughs> That's great. What else? Any other? Uh... Uh, off the top of my head, man, I really don't, I can't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I just, I can't, I don't think like that, because sure. if you. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I'm my, sure you're, you guys are the same way. If, yeah. If you yeah. get off on something too much. Then the next yeah, thing you, you don't do, it say, doesn't live up to it. You know? right. and then How about this, though? Out. Was there a point in your career that you said, like, okay, I'm, I've done all the goofy stuff and you know, I've gotten the laughs and people know I'm funny and now, but now I have a microphone in front of me and I'm getting older. And, I, and you just said, hit it on the 9-11 thing. Like, you start looking at yourself as a broadcaster and you start to be like, I'm going to be more of a... Uh, I'm working really hard at trying... I mean, I still like to... I'm just myself, you know, and I sure. try to be funny and all, but I, I'm working really hard on trying to figure out how to talk about some of the, like, the current issues yeah. in this country without having to take a side. Mm. Because no matter what you say, as we talked about earlier, somebody will call up and, you know, say you're an idiot, you don't know what you're talking about, and... and um, especially on WLS because it is so polarized to the right. Mm. I, uh, 
I, I'm, I'm really wrestling with how to talk about things in a way that I can get both sides to listen. Mm-hmm. So how much I haven't that? exactly landed on that yet, but yeah. I'm, I'm toying with it. So how much has that changed for you over those years? I mean, when you talk about just your time in Chicago up through now, you've seen that entire movement toward political correctness. And has it changed a lot of what you do or what you're able to do? Well, or say? Um, disco demolition mm-hmm. these days uh, by, you know, like millennials will call it racist and homophobic when it, I don't yeah. even think we knew what that was. Exactly. And I, it certainly right, right. wasn't. Yeah. But if you reframe it with in today, in, you know, with if you go back and look at history through today's lens, you could certainly, apl- you know, I mean, it does look like a book burning or something. Sure. You know? So. But it was a radio promotion. It was, it ma- it was a bunch ma- of dopey ma- kids, yeah. you know, <laughs> taking a shot at you know making fun of something. Yeah, making fun of, really making fun of you know Tony Manero and you know, yeah. the Bee Gees, yeah, and right, staying right. alive and all of that. Yeah, it's right after Saturday Night Fever, and it's and this book that's out now, Disco Demolition. I, I didn't mean to switch it. to No, the not book. at all. Just, like just go die. Dave, Dave Hoekstra, and and you, and uh, is it Paul Natkin? Paul Natkin, yeah, he and took the forward here by. Yeah, he was on the jeep on the field, so oh, he's got really? some good photos. Forward here by Bob Odenkirk, yeah. and uh, it's—I mean, it's a substantial book. It's really it's legit. cool. This is the comprehensive history of that night. It's, yeah. What you do you? Know, uh, when people ask you to give me the uh, the recap on was it July twelfth, nineteen seventy-eight. I was mad because I got fired from a station. Well, I quit, but they changed to disco, so I was mad. Yeah. And I'd just gotten married to move my wife here. It was 1978, and I, I, I actually hadn't been successful yet at, at WDAI. So I was mad, so when I got a job at The Loop, I started, I would put on a disco record, and then I would run the needle across it because <laughs> we actually played vinyl, and not as some sort of, like, you know, hipster, Retro, uh, yeah. Yeah. ironic thing. Yeah. We, that's what we played, records. Right. And then I, would, I had a sound effect that was an explosion, and I would blow up. Disco, uh, every morning I'd blow up a disco record. So I, and I did that. I had a band, Teenage Radiation, and we would play. I had Do You Think I'm Disco, a you know, parody of Do You Think I'm Sexy. Um, I, you know, I just was trying to make money on the side. And uh, I had a couple of pretty successful events at, at bars. And uh, um, Mike, Mike Vec got, somehow contacted the station and, and wanted me to come and do a disco demolition on teen night, which I didn't want to do because uh, the Sox were drawing maybe 10,000 people. And that's, that's like counting season ticket holders that weren't yeah. there. And if I drew 10,000, which would be a lot for a promotion, it would still be more than half empty. Yeah. So that, that, I mean, you guys know what it's like to play an empty. Oh room. yeah. Sure. Right. It's like, it bums you out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I so know it way too Pat well. Knows, yeah, Pat knows it for sure. <laughs> so I, I didn't want to do it, but but I went. I, I had, and uh, uh, when, when we got there in the afternoon, because it was a, a doubleheader, there weren't that many people there, and we signed some autographs. Um, the Lorelei was the station, uh, the original Loop Girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw her in here. Yeah. And she was with me, and we signed some posters, and then it was time to throw out the first pitch pitches. And uh, we went out, and I forget who the White Sox catcher was, but she threw her f- pitch first, and then he came out to the mound to, like, start hitting on her. <laughs> oh, and, that's, that's and then they walked off the field together, and so I'm standing there on the mound. <laughs> this is Lorelai right here? Yeah, yeah. Very there attractive. Yeah. 
She and, went with the catcher, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. And then I'm standing on the mound in the stupid army helmet, you know, with the, with the in the army just, jacket, just holding a baseball, by yourself. nobody to throw it to. I love how you had the chin strap on. So you're, you're <laughs> well, committed. You're committed. For safety. Yeah, right. for safety. And, uh, That's hilarious. So then uh, I kind of figured the whole night was going to be like that. Mm-hmm. But up in the Bard's room, having dinner, uh, Harry Carey started talking about, because he was the Sox announcer right. then, how the place was filling up. And, uh, and lo and behold, by the end of the first game, it was packed. Wow. And uh, Farmio uh, was the, uh, he, he was the, uh, pitch, he pitched the end of the first game. Really? Yeah, and he's in the book. He talks about, uh, you know, they they stopped collecting records at one point because yeah. the, the bin was full, and then that was a mistake because then kids just used them as frisbees. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. I mean, it's such a uh, you know legendary night in Chicago history, and even in baseball history. You know, yeah. ten cent beer night that Cleveland did, I think. Yeah, yeah five cents. I think it was five cents. Five cents. Yeah. Oh, ten, well, ten was a rip I, I don't, it might be Cleveland. I only know that because because people, you know. I'm involved in these. How yeah. many times was a game canceled? Sure. Have people come up to you How and many? wanted to, like, bastardize this in terms of, like, we'll do a blank de- demolition. Let's put an end to. Yeah. Like, what about w- rap? W- w- yeah, Are you right? kidding? That is racist. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> Nowadays, it is racist. I, I would strongly encourage you not <laughs> yeah. to do that. Yeah. 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 yeah no, it, you should do right-wing demolition. WLS, <laughs> they're looking to rebrand. Well, I'm working on it. But it's, yeah. It's, it's one hard, day at a time. It's hard. Because they they think that the people that listen to Rush listen to me, and I'm like, I don't think so, man. Yeah. But then some do, so I don't know. It's it's a conf- it's confusing. But uh, yeah, people all the time are recommending things for me to blow up, but <laughs> my blowing up days are over. <laughs> but I did want to have a, a good oral history of what happened. Sure. Just because I see you know over the decades, people sort of changing their their viewpoint. Yeah. Uh, yeah or you know, I mean, kids who weren't even born yet. I mean, right. Even kids at the, right. at the publishing house were like, this is very one-sided and, and you know, uh, very white privileged. And I'm like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. It's what happened. Yeah. I didn't go, go through a Rolodex up in heaven and decide where to get placed. <laughs> yeah, I sure. just, you know. Well, yeah, I think certain things have to be reframed or maybe, but something like this. I mean, come on. This is just, like you it said, was just, it was just a fun night. Yeah, it was and just, it was just but yeah, it got out of control and not enough security. Uh, just a perfect story. There, there was, there really was, as, as far as I know, I mean, no, anyone who, who talks about it being racist or homophobic or whatever, they, they, they have no, I say, okay, what proof do you have of that? Like, show me some things that I said or some, uh, play me some tapes or show sure. me some articles. Or, but there's nothing. It was just a frolic, you know, yeah. it was like mm-hmm. a, a midsummer frolic. And from there, your career just exploded i mean here in the city did you ever have like temptations or i'm sure you had offers like rip i'm sure people wanted you to bring you out to new york or la and did that ever we like, were working on a syndicated uh show uh long before howard stern and uh, uh we were going to be on an l it, i got fired from the loop on the friday before the monday we were to start in la okay hmm. which is probably a good thing because back in those days i would you know I've been clean and sober for 21 years, but back in those days, I might have accidentally killed myself. <laughs> oh, and I've been on in Chicago, New York, and L.A. Oh, right. Sounds- yeah. I mean, I think now, like, when you when you do take a break now and look back, and, and I know you're still doing it, so that's not something that you do because you got you got creatively, you got to keep doing. But, but you're in that that tier of Chicago voices that you know, Studs Terkel, Mike Ryko, um, 
I, mm. You know, you put Thank like you. some of those GN guys that you made fun of. For sure. For, like, <laughs> for that's sure. who you are now. You put him in the pantheon of great voices, and that's a mistake. <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah, yeah for sure. sure. Fantastic. I mean, does that, do you realize that? I mean, I, I, and it's no. awkward to try and get you to admit it, but it's true. You've been here for 30 plus years. No. Close to 40, and. Yeah. And you've um, been on air consistently. I don't really don't think of myself that way, although I have been to a couple of book signings and done some, some other interviews. And, um, but really at the book signings, when people start talking about how they were at the park and, yeah. and all that, uh, it, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it actually, I kind of, <laughs> it makes me like, uh, I start to have a, like an anxiety attack because it, <laughs> it's like I, you know, I compartmentalize my day-to-day activities and to go back 37 years and, yeah. and, and to, to, you know, I mean, it's gratifying to realize what an important part I was of people's lives, but I just don't think of myself that way. So it's, it's, a, it's a, mm. no, I don't. Chicago. But other people do, and it kind of blows my mind sometimes. You yeah. Know? How do you view Chicago? How do you see the city as, you know, you're a Chicagoan now, but coming here in 78 and you're from LA and like, what, like if you had to talk about the city and how it's evolved or like the moments I've had to find it in the last 37 years. Well, um, I, you know, my goal was always to get back to LA. I left there when I was 20 and I'm 61 now and I, I can't think of any place I'd rather live than here. So, I mean, this is yeah. home to me. Um, you know, um, my, you know, I've got I got three I've three three boys, uh, six grandkids on the ground, one in the air, you know, yeah. one on the way. <laughs> That's they're awesome. all here today. Yeah, you know, with Janet, my wife, and to watch the game. And uh, I mean, that's that's to me that you know. That's always been more important than the rest of it. You know, we've had some great moments at, uh, in 2005. Being, yeah, yeah, being here at, uh, for the World Series. Did you come to those games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was a season ticket holder then. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cold and r- rainy, man, but it was cool. And uh, you know, Blackhawks. I mean, most of I guess, in terms of the city changing, I don't really. You know, I live in the suburbs, so I don't. I'm, I'm not. I mean, I know there's a lot of different sections of town that didn't exist before, like yeah. Bucktown and you know Westtown and. All that. All the ones that realtors invented yeah, to yeah, yeah. make things sound better. I was in Bridgeport the other night, and man, that is hipster central now yeah. down there. Yeah. It's changing a lot. Yeah. They like give you a fedora when you pull into the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to shave one side of my head. Just so <laughs> You can't have a totally Not geometric haircut, they said. <laughs> right, 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 right. All right, man. Perfect. And they threw a piercing into my uh, nip, one of my nipples. <laughs> but uh, one I mean, of them? How many do you have? <laughs> <laughs> Three. Three. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I. I see the city changing, I think, the same way everybody else does, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and uh, I, I hope that it keeps changing for the better. Yeah. Seems like we're, we've had a little bit of a rough patch, but, but uh, you know, my, my wife always, uh, I always say to her, you know, if you go back and look at history, things like, all these things, like the things that are happening in politics, uh, the things that are happening... Generally, history does sort of tend to repeat itself and resolve itself. Yeah. So I never get too worried about anything, you know? Yeah, I think it's like, but I'm sure like you probably find yourself like, God, I didn't used to have to talk about this stuff. Like now, like even you said it earlier, like I, I, I'm trying to find a way to talk about the issues. Like it's like, 
it's getting to that point. It's like everyone's got to talk about. Back in know, the day, when I was on the loop, I could, I suppose I was, I don't think I was a centrist. I probably was more left wing. Yeah. You know, more young, young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I do remember talking about, you know, politics and making fun of Ronald Reagan and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, or the, you know, the hostages in Iran and everybody agreed. I mean, yeah. no one, there, there wasn't any blowback. Right. And, uh, you know, over the years, you know, think it's, it's interesting to me to, that a lot of those, uh, people that who were kids back then now have become much more conservative. And I mean, I understand as you get older, you get conservative, but, sure. uh, I'm hoping that there's a there's a lot of people that are more in the middle than we're led to believe mm-hmm. by. It's like that's the new silent majority, the people that are just yeah. like normal. Right. It's all the wackos that you hear from. Right. So I'm try- really trying to figure out a way to tap into that. Yeah. Without, you know, I mean, I you know I have feelings too. I don't. Know. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I like to every once this in a while. It's a very like special machine, episode you know? <laughs> with Steve Dahl <laughs> and his feelings. I mean, because you know. It's like, I mean, they just brutal, people just get brutalized, you know? Yeah, sure. So, so, um, where are your favorite Chicago spots? Your, your perfect Chicago day. And I know you, you live out in the, you said the Western Burbs now, but if you had a, you and Janet are doing a night in Chicago or. I'm going to say, uh, you know, I, I like hitting up a good steakhouse. Yeah. I, uh, Chicago Cut obviously is the hot one now, but Gene and Giorgetti. Don't yeah, overlook, right. don't yeah, overlook Gene and Giorgetti. Ginger Chase is great. What do you like? I'm a Joe's guy. Yeah. I, I Joe Stone Crab all day yeah. long. That's but Ginger Chase is great. Yeah, yeah, I like Joe's too. Get you get you some of that uh, king crab from mm-hmm. uh, Deadliest Catch as mm-hmm. an appetizer. Yeah, nice Joe's steak. It's perfect. Yeah, I'm trying to think. RPM steak is good. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's a uh, it's got a good feel in there. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, tell you what I like. I like. Uh, I like uh, I like coming downtown to work. I work in the loop for the first time ever, like in the actual loop. Yeah. Right? Not, at 190 not North loop, State. Right, in the loop. And uh, I really like that. I like, I uh, I just like coming downtown, man. I just like being a part of it, you know? I think it's funny. Like, I don't get downtown as much as I used to. And I don't get downtown at the right time. Sure. When you go down there in the middle of the day, the energy there, mm-hmm. especially this time of year, it is like, it just gets in your blood. Yeah. And That's I think cool. it's like something like I got, you got to remind yourself, like, get down there, yeah. get around people, get around, like, you know, people get, you know, in their safe zone or like comfort zone. Like, it's nice to get down there and yeah. just be in that, that Where energy. Do you live? I live on the south side, like Morgan Park, Beverly. Yeah. So it's nothing to get down there. Yeah. I mean, just go down there and walk around, man. Yeah. I mean, like, just I, I take the train in, which is a new thing for me, but, um, you know, because it takes a freaking hour to get everywhere now. Yeah. And uh, so I walk from Union Station over to State and Lake every day. Do people bug you? No, no. I mean, some people say hi, but man, you just see, you always see something interesting and, you know, always something that you can use for material, you know? I mean, what is your pre show? Like, what do you, is it the night before, the morning of? Right now, my pre show is I watch the first 20 minutes of the CBS uh, This Morning show because that's really a pretty good compilation of, you know, the night, the day before and the night's news. Uh, delivered it, you know. Do you keep not, it on CBS to get a, a Megan Glaris look? Well, that's the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> she she cuts in for the weather four times an hour. <laughs> right, she's right. fantastic <laughs> at, at at doing weather. At yeah, doing weather. yeah, she's and very accurate. Beautiful, beautiful woman. Yeah. So, but there, but the, uh, the the network their network show is good. So I watch that, and I usually feel that I'm pretty uh, up to date after I watch that, and uh, you know, I read the papers and 
Yeah. I'm, I'm used to, as I'm, again, as I'm sure you guys are, you know, when I see stuff, I just kind of store it away and right. uh, I'm pretty good at recalling it when I need to. Yeah. So. You eventually use everything, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, are you having uh, a lot of guests on these days? Uh, no, not too many. Cause usually the guests aren't as interesting as <laughs> what we're doing. Right. So sure. I was like, I, they kind of ruin the momentum of, yeah, yeah they get yeah. in the way of, yeah. But I'll have you guys on. No, no, that wasn't. Even I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the momentum of what you guys are going to do to it. But you know who's going to ask you we'll if, if you walk around this building long enough. You know who's going to ask you to have you on is Brooks Boyer. Have you? Uh, I've had Brooks on before. Yeah, have you? Yeah, yeah. He's always. Yeah. He's always. What's angling. happening, Brooks? <laughs> <laughs> he loves to walk in in the middle of our podcast and just interrupt it. <laughs> <laughs> we had this interview with Gene Handa. We had Gene Honda on, and I was, it was actually, I was a solo day, right? And yeah. So I was doing it by myself, and I'm talking to Gene Honda. I'm having him read, like, ridiculous things, like, as a PA announcer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brooks walks in. So we plug him in to join because we had an mm-hmm. open mic. And then uh, when, when we did that, it dropped the, the recording. Oh. And I had all these great things that Gene Honda said. <laughs> That's what you get for being accommodating. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? So I still haven't got a chance to tell him yet, but he just took off. But anyway. All right, so Steve, where yes. can people? Uh, are you, you're a big. You're on social media. What's your Twitter? Uh, at Steve Dahl Show. Uh, I've got a Facebook page. You know, like Steve Dahl Entertainer. You yeah. Have to pick, they make you pick what you are. So I picked Entertainer. <laughs> you are an entertainer. Uh, WLSAM from two to six most days. Uh, sometimes till six thirty if the White Sox. Have, oh, you, are, you bring it right to the pregame. Yeah. Yeah. I, in a perfect world. Yeah. And, Two to six. And then the, the podcast, it's a subscription podcast because you can't make any money with a free podcast. Wait, what? Oh, really? <laughs> you can't? <laughs> I got news for you guys. <laughs> Unless the White Sox are paying you, which I assume they are. Well, uh, yeah, don't they worry are. about they that. Are. But that's at doll.com if people want to check that out. There's always free samples up there for yeah. people. And awesome. this book, Disco Demolition, The Night Disco Died. Uh, check this out. This is in, uh, in bookstores and online on Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah. This is everywhere. And it is a, uh, like, like you said, Steve, it's an oral history. Some of the guys that chime in here, um, Steve Trout, Omar Vizquel. Yeah. He, he, uh, he's a photographer, and he was in town with the Tigers. Uh, you know, he's a third, he was a third-base coach. I think he still is a third-base coach yeah, for the Tigers. Yeah, he is. And he called Paul Neck, and the, the photographer, uh, because Paul's a pretty well-known photographer, and he said, you know, I... I know you've got all these disco demolition photos. I'd like to come see them. And he went over to Paul's and spent like three hours just really? looking at the photos. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, so this he's is in like there. a great list yeah. of names here. Tony, La- Tony La Russa, Richard Lewis, Les Grobstein. The I Grobber. Enjoy, I enjoy Les. I, 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 I hear him a lot at night because I come home from shows. He's a good um, guy. Who else? Who, oh, Jack Schaller. Jackie Schaller. He just passed away, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, he's a total legend. And uh, a bunch of other guys, Thad Bosley. Dennis Roger Bossard, the Sodfathers. I would there. love to hear Roger Bossard because he had to deal with Faust. all of this the next yeah, day. Yeah, he's uh, that's there's still some anger. I believe it. Yeah. I believe yeah. it. And no book would be complete without a uh, some input from Shaka Khan. Yeah, Shaka Khan. Yeah. Well, trying too. to get both sides of the story, you know. Yeah. Right. And really, house music did kind of come out of. Yeah, uh, disco square. never died. Honestly, right. it right? became house music. It became much hipper. You're yeah. welcome. Yes, <laughs> did this. For thanks, me. Steve Daw, for that. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, well, we want to thank you for joining us and for your time. And, and well, truly, sure. so much respect. And what a thrill to meet you. I've been listening thanks, to guys. you forever, and uh, you're just phenomenal at what you do. And really, you put you in that that list of uh, Chicago icons oh, in, in media. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really try to just be a regular guy. You know. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right, that is Steve Dahl. Thanks, Steve. Want me to go get Brooks? Pleasure. Yeah, Yeah, let's get Brooks in here.
Can, no, just do the toilet flush sound real <laughs> <Yeah>. quick. <laughs> uh, nah, no way, man. You'll take away my, my all-access pass. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there you have it. That was uh, episode 19. Yeah, We're wrapping it up. Juice. We're getting to that 20 mark real quickly. Episode yeah. 19. Episode Greg Luzinski. There you go. Love the 19. I'm going to have some other great 19s. Uh, Giant Taves? I mean, not in the White Sox, but is yeah, Johnny yeah. Taves 19? Yeah, Jonathan Taves. Was Fred Lynn 19? That I don't know. He might have been. He might have been a 19. I know he had a number. He did have a number. Man had a name <laughs> and a number. <laughs> I was at the game the other day, and uh, I love playing the obscure jersey game. Oh, sure. And there was a guy with a, um, a Michael Jordan Sox jersey. Not that obscure, mm-hmm. but you don't see it a ton anymore. Right. ton of Chris Sale jerseys. A lot out there. A lot of Abreu, a lot of Sale. There was a um, a Carlos Quentin jersey. Really? Yeah. Maybe 20? that's what crept in my head earlier. When yeah, you called him? The CQ. The CQ. When I called Quintana. Carlos. Yeah. Carlos Quentin. I love those jerseys. I don't it's know if it's like jersey. someone that loved that player mm-hmm. and it's like, I'm repping no matter what, or someone that bought it at Marshall's. Discount bin after he was yeah. traded away. I saw it at TJ Maxx for <laughs> $5.99. Like, I like the White Sox, this guy. You know, you, don't, you grab it and you start walking to the – the checkout, and then then you're like, oh man, I didn't know it was this. I didn't know I had these guys, but yeah, it's nine dollars. That's yeah, all right. I'm gonna get it anyway. At this point, I think you could do enough editing to change a Quentin into a Quintana pretty easily if you wanted. Uh, like the guys with the old uh, Kevin Butler Bears jerseys who just put a C over the B. Yeah, uh, I think you could do enough editing to a Quentin jersey to make it a Quintana. <laughs> right. Save yourself a few bucks. A little craft project for those listeners at home. <laughs> Run over to Joanne Fabrics. Mm-hmm. Do something. <laughs> All right, so this was uh, this was a lot of fun, and it was, it was just cool meeting yeah, Steve Dahl. Steve Dahl's great, and, and Kwan Shore was great. I mean, just uh, again, see everything he's doing back here in the community, and the uh, the amount of players he got to come out and help him. I mean, that can't be easy to get guys to just take time, you know, during their yeah. off season. Just be like, oh yeah, no, East Chicago, Indiana sounds like a great destination for a few days. <laughs> anyway, we hope you guys enjoyed that, and uh, I'll remind you one more time about the Melky Cabrera Ball. We want to give that away by August first. Just retweet. A posting of the cycle and the White Sox Twitter feed, or uh, send us the uh, or do a screenshot of yeah do a screenshot of the retweet. I'm getting uh, yelled at by Brad. We brought in <laughs> we have a microphone for him, and now he's just whispering anyway. <laughs> screenshot it. Should we talk about why? I mean, the difficulty is just making sure that the person who gives us the review is actually the person who emails us and says. Uh, and says it's them. So, Brett, how do you want us to handle this? If it's a tweet, it's pretty easy, right? If a tweet wins, well, it's we still can be just nice. Just give us, send us the email. We will mm-hmm. draw it all out of the email bin. We will. Okay. We have a very nice uh, random number generator website that I go to a really? lot. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. It's a weird thing to have in your favorite. Grab a but screenshot right. of your review, or the screenshot of the review, and right. you can and be the in the picture if you want. Yeah. Yeah, a little selfie take of you in a, a screenshot yeah. and send it to us, um, and just email it to. The cycle the at shysocks.com. All right, beautiful. Thanks for uh, tuning in. We'll be back soon with another stellar episode, episode 20. Episode 20, big one. Huge. All right, thanks again. This has been The Cycle. Right. Bye. He gone. He did it. <laughs>